That was not the final play of the game, but it was a play. And uh, it was a play from all game, <laughs> apparently. Sorry about that. Welcome in, everybody. Fasteners, etc. Post game show is coming up. Illinois defeats Chattanooga 31 to nothing. And we are here for you on a late night edition of the Fasters, etc. Post game show. First up, though, our rapid reaction brought to you by Cozad Asset Management. I'm Scott Beatty. Evan Kahn, Michael Martin is are all here as well for your listening pleasure and for conversation with you. The Illini moved to three and one, gentlemen, halfway to bowl eligibility. Taking care of business, it really imposed their will from two out of the three facets of the game. We'll get the special teams figured out, but the offense looked great. I think that was the best passing attack we've seen all season. Chase Brown does what he does. The defense gets the the shutout that they they seem to want the entire game, and yeah, Illinois wraps up the non-con season as you would want, 3-0. It's non-con. First non-con undefeated mark since 2011. Ultimately, I'm just satisfied with this win. You went in, you handled business, and this may be controversial, but I'm going to enjoy this win, uh, <laughs> gentlemen. Uh, I'm, I, I'm going to say that life's short, wins only come so many times, I'm going to enjoy this win, and I'm going to be happy about this win. Are there plenty of ways we could improve? Sure, but I'm going to enjoy it. You know what? You It's about time you took some time for you <laughs> and prioritized yourself. <laughs> Something, something, self-care. <laughs> exactly. You know what? Mental health is health. That's all I have to say. No, I mean, you guys are exactly right. Illinois did what they needed to do. I have a few things to uh, pick at, but I, I don't think they are overwhelmingly negative. But, I, you know, you mentioned special teams. Uh, a few big pay- plays erased by by penalties, and 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 the offense was frankly not as productive as they could have been in the second half. Mm-hmm. So I think those are some things you can talk about and uh, want to make sure you highlight as Big Ten play will start in uh, ten days or nine days or so. But nonetheless, Illinois spread the ball around, diversified in its offense, and they shut out an opponent for the first time since 2015. We welcome your calls and texts. 217-356-9397 on the fan line. And the Castle Heating and Cooling text line is 217-351-5357. Join us next on the Fasteners Etc. Postgame Show. Fighting Illini game day coverage continues on your flagship home for Fighting Illini Athletics. News Talk 1400 and Light Rock 97.5. Now it's your turn on the Fasteners Etc. post-game show. Fasteners Etc., your partner in inventory management. Call us with your thoughts on the First State Bank Illini fan line, 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Now, the Fasteners Etc. postgame show with your hosts, Scott Beatty, Evan Kahn, and Michael Martin. First and goal at the nine in the red zone, brought to you by Carl in the gun DeVito. Gives to Chase Brown around the left end, cuts up five to the goal line, still surging. He's in! Touchdown! Touchdown, Illinois! Nine yards, Chase Brown! Rushing touchdown of the year for Chase. Chase Brown gets in the end zone. Fifth straight game with 100 or more rushing yards. No Illini has ever done that five consecutive games. And Illinois rolls to a 31-0 shutout win over the Chattanooga Mocs. An 815 texter says that game was boring and predictable as a result, which is a good thing. Why couldn't we have seen that back in March against the same school? (laughs) I tried to tell y'all. I tried to tell y'all. Chattanooga is a bit more of a basketball school uh, than they are a football school when it comes to (laughs) these sorts of things. Welcome in. Fasteners, etc. Post-game show. 
I'm Scott Beatty, along with Evan Kahn and Michael Martin. Joey Wright is here as well, and you are you. We welcome your contributions. Let's get to our MX Electrifying Player of the Game, and I don't know that we're unanimous on this selection um, as we discuss it because I think there's a lot of good options to go. You want to go with the guy who threw a lot, the guy who ran a lot, the guy who caught a lot. There was a couple of those. <laughs> or the people who contributed to shutting out the opponent. Mm-hmm. Good oh. Hmm, didn't think I was going to go that way, did you? But don't forget, <laughs> zero points scored. Um, and it should be noted that uh, several people, I think we all thought, eh, that the mocks might put up some points here. And and this, I don't know why we doubted, but the defense held strong. There was a shoestring tackle that prevented a otherwise long bust for a touchdown. But <laughs> zero is zero. No touchdowns allowed in Memorial Stadium this year. That's, that's in three games. That's pretty crazy. I, I, I think, as far as the defense goes, as a unit, yeah, I mean they're great, and there's a lot of really good individual performances. Quan Martin's pick. I mean, Gabe Yakis stepping up as a true freshman, just a, a grown man child out there at the outside linebacker. I have to interrupt because uh, the, the the SID staff was going around making sure everybody got it as Akis. It's Akis. Akis. Okay, so Gabe. Akis, J at the front, silent, Akis. So. It's a soft J. No, it's it not might, a soft J. It might it's be a yogging. silent J. It's a silent J. A, a uh, soft J would be Yakis. I believe they call it Yagi. yeah. <laughs> but you ready? Hey, everybody, look out. Gabe Akis is going to sack us. That's how you remember. Uh, Gabe Akis is going to sack us. Yeah. But uh, I was leaning towards Pat Bryant, just the, the things that he was doing. He was getting open, and, and I think – as Michael's probably going to point out, it, it was on Tommy DeVito to find that mismatch and get him the ball so often. But I, I thought just how easy it was for Pat Bryant to get open and, and just make cuts today. I, I think you could give it to him. You know, I would I would agree with you uh, that Pat Bryant would be the guy having the emergence of uh, what is now the number two wide receiver in Pat Bryant is really nice, and he he could have had way more yards if uh, he didn't have one called back. But that's neither here nor there. It's one of two penalties that Illinois had on the day, uh, just ended up cause, costing a touchdown. Um, but I would say Pat Bryant. Pat Bryant targeted six times and. He, or, he, I'm sorry, he was targeted more than six times. He caught six balls for 112 yards, a touchdown, including a long of 37. That's the one that counted. Targeted seven times. Isaiah Williams targeted nine times, caught nine balls for 103 yards. Wow. And had, That's efficient. Had the 63-yarder well, as well. And him catching it, he, he's had drops, I think, in two of the three games at least. So him securing that ball, I don't think he deserved that face mask penalty. Yeah, just, and that's the only other penalty we had was, was Isaiah Williams uh, <laughs> getting a face mask on the defensive player. Very rare ticky-tack call, but <laughs> the way they called today's game, there was not – I mean, I think there were – three penalties the entire game two on yeah. illinois one on it moved uh, along pretty well the mocks so you see you see all right i think we're in agreement that pat bryant is our mx electrifying player of the game but others were worthy to in fact just to be included among the nominees here tonight <laughs> is an honor the mx electrifying player of the game mx electric wants to be electrician when you're your electrician when you're in need of electrical service for both residential and commercial projects call nikita 359-7293 to schedule your project and remember relax call max here's mr bryant's play of the nights 557 to go in the half Touchdown for Chase Brown. Touchdown pass to Michael Marques. DeVito in the gun. Third and seven. Short drop. Throws right. Got a man open. He's open. Touchdown. Touchdown, Illinois. In the right corner. And Bryant strikes again with a touchdown. (laughs) There we go. Pat Bryant enjoying the moment. And that with that catch, the Illini went up 24-0 with the extra point. That was halfway through the second quarter. The Illini scored 24 of their 31 points in the first half. Back with more. We've got some texts coming in. Give us a call if you want as well on the Fasteners Etc. postgame show. The conversation about today's game continues on the Fasteners Etc. postgame show. Join in by calling the First State Bank Illini Fan Line, 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling Text Line, 217-351-5357. 
Backs either side. Ford and Appleberry. Rolling left. Hutchinson under pressure. Hit again. Lobs to the end zone. A wounded yeah. duck. And I think it's picked off. It is. Woo-hoo. Intercepted by Illinois. The Illini come out of there with it. And Quan Martin with the pick in the back of the end zone in the corner at the south end. What do you call those? Ill-advised when you pass it like that? Mm. That was just a little lollipop ready for Quan Martin to go grab. You know who forced that errant pass? Gay Backus. Look he out. did it. He did it right. That's Look out. He's going to sack us. <laughs> Fasteners, etc. Post game show. Scott, Evan, Michael, Joey here as well. We welcome your contributions. This is a program for you. Tell us what you heard, what you saw, what you liked, what you didn't like here on the program. 630 Texter. This team isn't perfect, but it feels like we have a coaching staff that is getting the best out of the roster we have and is instilling a system that is consistent. I haven't been in Illini forever. Started following in 2015, probably when they fell in love with Michael Martin. Sorry, that's my own editorializing. Started following the team in 2015 when I started going to school here and haven't missed a home game since. But in my relatively short time following this team, this is as stable and as positive as it's ever felt. Oh, no doubt. At, at least in that time period, you, you think about even the teams that did make bowl games in, in that time. It was during controversy. It was wondering whether both coaches would keep their jobs, really, the, the last two times Illinois made bowl games. I would say this. I, my only counterweight to that is in 2015, in 2019, it felt like this thing was going off the rails. Mm-hmm. And and it, it was like, is Lovey going to survive if they don't figure they, something out? And then the upset over Wisconsin, mm-hmm. and then the 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 comeback in Michigan State, and a bowl, and there was some feel good vibes. I think warranted or not, maybe some people didn't see it. This has some of those feel good vibes. I don't think it's going to completely take a different turn, but it could. They haven't got into the meat of the schedule yet. So I agree with the assessment of the texture with the with the caveat that there's nine or eight games left. You know, uh, <laughs> this is a little off topic, but uh, that 2019 season, uh, one of the most unfortunate losses was against Eastern Michigan. The backup quarterback on that team was the quarterback we faced tonight. So. Huh. Oh, that's right. A little bit of justice. <laughs> Not really, but... Now yeah. you know what it feels like to lose at Memorial Stadium. To the phones on the castle, uh, the fan line, excuse me, 217-356-9397. We got Colby in Springfield. Hey, Colby. Hey, guys. Uh, Got to say, I was impressed by what I saw tonight, more or less what I expected playing uh, a school like Chattanooga. But I, I would like to point out one thing that I thought was refreshing tonight and that was the involvement of the students and i would want to issue a challenge to the students come to games when the tickets aren't free because i felt and and i intentionally sat closer to the north end zone tonight than i usually do i sat in 103 just because i wanted to see if the student section would really be into it or if they had the attitude of eh, it's something to do on thursday night that's going to cost us anything that's not going to cost us anything I felt like there was a difference. It's on the team now to go to Camp Randall and if not come away with a win, come away with a respectable game and keep the students interested because it's been a long time since I think we've had a consistent student interest in in football. And I think that's going to be something that really helps this program fully turn the page. We've seen it in basketball. We need to see it in football. I want to kind of call out the students and say, keep coming to games. These teams need you. Yeah, Colby. And, you know, another reason they want uh, that the program needs the students there now is because, and I appreciate the call, is because these are the people that will become the next generation of ticket holders. and 630 texters. 630 and and tailgaters, and some of them will be donors. But there's gaps. There's generational gaps amongst some of the students because of what he just pointed out. There wasn't a lot to root for at times, so if they come out, they're going to be they're going to be hooked a little bit, and that's because part of why you come back is because of the it's your school, it's your it's the where you had a thing, you had an experience, mm-hmm. and you you want to be a part of that again. I think that this game against Wisconsin, 
is going to be so incredibly important for just the rest. Obviously, you want to beat a Big Ten opponent. No question. Obviously, there's the narrative of Bielma going back to Madison. But in order to maximize the goodwill of the fan base, if you come back to Champaign 4-1 and one against oh. an Iowa team that there, there are cracks in the armor, we could have an exciting time uh, in a few weeks. But you got to take care of business against Wisconsin. But uh, to your point, you have to build it. We... Uh, if you build it, they will come. If we can take care of business, should be a good turnout against Iowa. Yeah, this is still that prove-it time. Uh, we heard it after Wyoming, and you started it out with the comments. There's a reason why we don't have an overflow of enthusiasm after this win, because it, it is still Chattanooga. Yep. They, they've got to go out. They've got to do it against somebody. But, yeah, if they go up there and they win in Camp Randall, nobody has an excuse to not be at Memorial oh. Stadium for that Iowa game. All right, back to the phones. In the city so nice, they named it twice. To a guy who's so nice, he's got two Fs in his name. It's Jeff. Jeff, it's tomorrow where you are. It is indeed. <laughs> uh, I uh, I was I uh, have to say that uh, I was listening to the comments you just made, uh, all of you guys, and uh, I think you're quite right in that uh, if we go up to uh, Camp Randall, and come back four and one that uh, there'll be some incredible goodwill and incredible vibes with the team. Um, I want to say that uh, I, I I want to throw out uh, a sobering note here, and that is that uh, I've uh, said uh, before to Evan that uh, I don't hold it against him that he's a Cub fan, but I hope he doesn't hold it against me that I'm a Cardinal fan. Hey, we're all winners and- tonight. <laughs> <laughs> indeed <laughs> indeed <laughs> and uh you know that's that's fine but i do read the post dispatch and i read that uh last week that there were some comments by espn people that uh brett bielema would be a prime candidate for the nebraska job and frankly i think that's a crock of garbage if i've ever seen one i mean he's He's been talking about how settled he feels at Illinois. He's built a lovely home in Champaign and how much he enjoys living in the community. And I think that that's uh, something that we can discount. But the other thing that uh, Mr. Tate, whom I regard as far more credible than anybody at ESPN, said that uh, apparently Colorado and probably other programs are sniffing around Ryan Walters. And... I find that interesting because uh, Eli Drinkwitz is on the hot seat in a big way at Missouri right now, I think. And part of the reason he is is because Missouri's defense has been quite porous. And uh, part of the reason for that is he's had three defensive coordinators in three seasons, and the first one was Ryan Walton. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Basically, he left for Illinois in which was in what was, as far as I'm concerned, a lateral move. And uh, you don't make a lateral move unless you feel like the situation that you're in is not going to go anywhere. And to me, that says everything that needs to be said about Eli Grinkwitz and the Missouri program. And I don't wish to digress anymore, but what I like to know is do you guys feel like i don't think we're in danger of losing brett Bielema, but do you feel like we can hang on to ryan walters for at least uh, another couple of years really good question that i don't know i really don't know and jeff i appreciate it and and i would i did not hear the espn talk i don't know if it was talking heads or actual reporting i know nothing more than what you just said I would be shocked to my toes if Brett Bielma left for Nebraska. Ten years ago, yes. But, I I mean, I, I, I can list off several reasons, if he asked my opinion, why that would be dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I think he has a better chance of winning now at Illinois than he would at Nebraska. But that's a whole other conversation. As for Ryan Walters, it's a matter of time before he's a head coach. So if the right situation comes up for him at the end of this year, I think he's gone. He is well-paid. It's just a matter of what is the situation he needs 
Because his ultimate goal is to be a head coach. Right. And I think in a vacuum, in, in a very specific context, Brett Bielma is the kind of coach that Nebraska needs right now because he is building a program. Yeah. And you're building, you're going to be building Nebraska from the ashes of whatever the past few years have been. Nebraska should be calling him. Right. But we don't live in a vacuum. Right. Contextually, it'd be very, it'd be a very hard ask for Brett Bielma to leave. Uh, for Nebraska. I think that there are a few coaches that have been thrown around. I've heard Urban Meyer mentioned. Hmm. Uh, we'll see if that actually He's... happens. I've seen Matt Campbell mentioned. I think the most likely candidate ends up being Lance Leipold out of Kansas Ooh, yeah. just because he's he's built Kansas from ashes. and they've that's, had a leap. that's what two or three wins. That's a leap. Yeah. I mean, he he be to he, go from he, nowhere, he's but he's nowhere Wisconsin to Buffalo he to won Kansas. everywhere he, he went. He beat Texas at Kansas in his first year. But look at Texas look at does what, not lose to Kansas. I know, but look at what Nebraska has done to coaches over the last 10 years. I think the most analogous is Matt, Matt Campbell just because of how the Iowa State fan base loves their team. Um, and Nebraska, their fan base loves their team. Can we just appreciate that once again, Nebraska's issues are becoming a topic on this postgame <laughs> show because it's Nebraska. Well, it does affect us. Because oh, no, you're right. I'm not saying you're yeah, yeah, and um, I think that I think it's an interesting case study in where Ryan Walters could potentially end up because I think he did go to Colorado yep. in college. Yes. So I mean, we've seen a f- very recently. Um, oh, the quote unquote perfect candidate goes home. Well, Scott Frost was the perfect candidate. He went home. Let's see how that ended up. J- Jim Harbaugh went home. That's he's had some uh, some very lows and more recently highs so you never really know what you're getting with the quote-unquote perfect candidate it's, a, it's gonna be a tough place to build i i think all those places would be tough if if again not that he's nobody's asking me but if if if, if ryan walters wants to go back to colorado it's because he wants to go back to colorado yeah i don't think it's because it's a great opportunity i don't think you can i don't i don't think you can win soon in missouri and and i and i i think he needs another year or two here um, or or he wants maybe a smaller position, but it just seems like a huge leap right now for him to that, and I don't know if that would be worth it. Well, and we see that in, in college sports and really just coaching across everything. I, I was randomly looking up Urban Meyer, I, I think, because of the Nebraska things. Like He spent 15 years, get it, 15 years as a wide receiver coach before he ever became a head coach, and these are at big-time universities, and we love Ryan Walters and all that, and I was thinking of Dino Babers. Dino Babers lit it up at Eastern, but he still had to go to Bowling Green for a couple years and prove it there. Like, there's just, there's not a whole lot of guys going from Power 5 coordinators immediately into Power 5 head coaching positions. I think that's a very, very good point. And when Ryan Walters is already making somewhere around 1 to 1.2 million as a coordinator at a Power 5 school, something Joey and I were talking about, I haven't done the research, but like Mac schools pay their head coaches about that much. So Ryan Walters is already making a head coach's salary at a Power 5 school, about to be getting an influx of millions of dollars from a TV deal. I I think the situation's got to be right because... He's he's living a pretty good life right now here at Illinois, and he's built this defense into to arguably one of the best in the country. I, I I agree with you. I do not think, I do not think a Power Five program is likely to take a chance on Ryan Walters. And the reason I say it's a chance is he's unproven as a head coach. He's never done it. That's pretty risky to sell to your base. It's not like it's not unprecedented. And these are and these are multi million dollar possible mistakes that they are making. It's, it's, you see these buyouts being handed out and how much are, are we willing to swallow fifteen million from a guy who's never been a head coach yeah. before. Now the the Colorado thing I could maybe see because it's you know the you know the sun is coming home mm-hmm. kind of thing. I, I, I could see that but um yeah, Texture here says Josh Whitman needs to open the checkbook and let Ryan name his price to stay here as long as we can keep him. I think him. that's what he did last he's year, right? That's what he just did. That's yeah. why he's making north of a million. It's inevitable that we lose him, but let's do everything possible to lay it. I think it's more likely that it's a mid-major program that needs a head coach that Ryan Walters may say, 
okay, I got to go get some head coaching experience at a Bowling Green. Not that that school is necessarily going to hire, but mm-hmm. to your point, to wherever and become that. It's just a matter of time. But that's what happens with good coordinators. That's and, just what happens. And there's a million good coordinators yeah. out there. And I, I think I'm Kevin Kane's the next defensive yeah, coordinator. I'm not He's right here. They don't grow on trees, but you can find another guy. It's not like look at look at Illinois basketball assistant coach one two and three just left and everybody told us the sky was falling and illinois roster is categorically better two years later so it can you you can lose and still get better one one last thing and this is to be devil's advocate um this defense most of the players are lovey smith players texture just pointed that out and i mean you are you're making the most out of the talent that you had but replacing that talent and coaching that up to the same, if not higher, level, that's going to be important. And he's got to play a role in that. Everybody on that coaching staff has to play a role in that. Um, it's not just – I'm not saying that uh, Coach Smith was able to get the best out of his players because, unfortunately, based on what we've seen, that no, didn't end up No, but he knew what defensive talent was. But, I mean, Coach Walters coaches the secondary. How many players who have started this year in the secondary – are Ryan Walters recruits come play now I'm not saying that they don't exist I think Matt Bailey and Tyson Rooks have a really high ceiling and could be those guys but it is just one of those things you have you have to look look at whether you're the Colorado AD or uh, just a fan is just like well who has he recruited and how have they uh, ended up performing those opportunities to put those recruits uh on the field have been few and far between because you have some really good players on the team and you've been able to get the most out of them. But it is something that is currently unproven. All right. Now, uh, you ready here for the text of the night? Because, Evan, your brand is building. Okay. 312. Orange Kool-Aid Man is back to pelt you in the head with an Evan Con. I told you so special. <laughs> you better buckle up, Buttercup, because we're on a crazy train to Bulltown, baby. <laughs> If you can go 500 in a week Big Ten West, you go to a bowl game. Mm-hmm. That's that's your situation. That's yeah, because you of. have uh, six games. And that's ignoring the games against Michigan State. Michigan, Michigan. State has, I mean, they've shown they're human. Um, I think they're still a really good program, but they've shown they're human mm-hmm. the past few weeks, um, especially against the game in Wisconsin or uh, the game against Washington last week. And then you have also have Michigan. But if you can go 500 in the Big Ten West, maybe you're cooking with gas going to a bowl game. <laughs> Jordan in Pasodum texts: Isn't it great to have confidence in an Illinois team and staff to go out and take care of business against an opponent that we are clearly better than? Brett really feels to be, uh, sorry, Brett really seems to be building something solid. I, I thought that's what stood out most today was, for, for all the talk, you know, this is a, a really good FCS team coming in here. Illinois head and shoulders looked like the better team on the field. And we've seen FCS, low FBS teams come into Memorial Stadium and look like they could compete with the Illini. Yeah, and we talked about it in pregame. I think Illinois wants to show, hey, we can kind of smother an opponent too. Wanted to see more out of them in the second half offensively, but a big fat goose egg on the board for the opponents. I think that was a real point of pride for them mm-hmm. today. Is trying to get that, trying to get and maintain that shutout because they haven't allowed a touchdown, but they have allowed points. So, you know, they're averaging three points allowed at home. Video game numbers. That's great. Not bad. Come back in a moment. Fasteners, etc. post game show. We invite you to join the late night conversation. 217 356 9397 is the fan line. And the Castle Heating and Cooling text line is 217 351 5357. We'll also get a scoreboard update. Ninth play of the drive. First and 10. Here is DeVito. He's going to go back to pass. Got a man wide open. And- You know what? He's getting better. Um, I think he'll be the first to tell you that he didn't even, you know, come close to getting where I think he can be. Uh, he's very, very accurate passer. I think he uh, sees things very, very clearly. I really like the growth that him and Barry, our offense has taken. You know, just you know, after four games, uh, you know, the way they've kind of just continued to get better, and obviously going into Big Ten play throughout the rest of the year. Here we got a. 
Last time Illinois had a 300-yard-plus passer in a game was Brandon Peters' performance against Michigan State back in 2019, the comeback in that November game that made Illinois bowl eligible. 28-3, the most dangerous lead in sports. (laughs) Tommy DeVito tonight, 23-31, 329 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, and a passer rating of 195.3. We're going to get an update from Joey Wright here on the scoreboard in just a moment. Let's go to the phones. Over in Danville, we got Josh. Hi, Josh. You're on with us. Hey, what's up, man? How you guys doing? We're doing great. Thanks for staying up. What's on your mind? Absolutely. We're on the way home from the game. Hey, I uh, just had a quick uh, comment about what you guys are talking with uh, with Walters. Um, guys, there's no way that guy's going to a Mac school. He will his his next job will be a head coaching job. The way he had offers last year to interview at interview for head coaching jobs and turn them down to stay with Bielma this year. He is not going down to the Mac. That guy's next job will be a head coaching job. And I hate to say it because we will not be able to put a price tag on a defensive coordinator because what that guy's going to need, require, and make, it's going to be way more you can pay a coordinator. But, but all I'm saying but is, I, I, I don't you think his, his first head – are you saying his first head coaching job will be a Power 5 program? I, I That's exactly what I'm saying. There's no way he will go down to a Mac school. What? But just to, okay, just to push back, and I'm not saying he can't do it. I'm just saying you got to sell the hire to to everybody if you're an athletic director. And, of course. And, and to go to your fan base at a Power 5 school, and I guess there's some that maybe are fledgling and it would be easier than others. But you have to be able to say, look at what he has done, and what he has done has been a really good defensive coordinator. But that's different than being a head coach. And, and I agree, and I think that's why last year he turned down jobs and interviews to stick around with Bielma to to learn more this mm-hmm. year. And because uh, because he had those offers to interview for head coaching jobs last year. Um, and, and I say this as a testament to Bielma, the fact that he turned those down to stick around and learn more about what Bielma does as a head coach. I, I, I think that says a lot to what he can do. But I, there is no way he is going to go take a step down to a Mac school and potentially have a, a bad season or two with what he has done. We, Illinois has not seen a defense like this since the early 90s. When it, we, we, this, what Statistically, they are doing, yeah. With a bunch oh, of lovey players. Eh, I heard you say that earlier. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with that. A bunch of lovey players? Who did lovey recruit that's playing defense on this? Everybody team? except Kendall Smith, for Devin Atkins. Witherspoon. No, don't say everybody because there's like Johnny you know, Newton, Keith Randolph, the, Calvin the, Hart wasn't part of it. He was a transfer. He, he I mean, more than half the, the starters were recruited by Lovey. Most of the linebackers were the only linebackers uh, that um, have made. If so, if you count outside uh, linebackers, I guess you. Uh, uh, Akis is a, a Bielma recruit, but I think Seth Coleman was a uh, a Lovey mm-hmm. Smith recruit. Um, uh, Jamal Dark Adams, Dark, Calvin Avery, Darkangelo yeah, yeah. was the vast a, majority yeah. of the starters the, came up through Lovey. The, la- the last thing we're going to do is give Lovey Smith any freaking credit because that guy. <laughs> I'm just saying it's reality. Crazy. It's reality. They're the guys that he he recruited. Now they're playing at a way better level. It, well, exactly. So let's not give Lovey Smith regret. Lovey Smith got a couple guys to he conned them into coming to Champagne. They, they are not playing at the level they were playing because of, of him. No, I'm not saying. I'm just saying that he, there was something to work with. That's all. Um, you're right, but you had to have something. I mean, these guys have only been here what? This is their second yeah. year. You want you want what? an even hotter take? I think Barry Lunny leaves for another job before Ryan Walters does. <laughs> Like in a year or two? Yeah. You know what? I I don't think so because 
our defense is head and shoulders above the offense. Let me um, pick something else you want to disagree with. <laughs> I don't think Albert Pujols is going to hit 700 home runs. What do you think? Well, I'm a Cardinal fan, and you're obviously just trying to piss me off. <laughs> I didn't even know you were a Cardinal fan. Gosh, I'm so good at this. All right, Josh, we got to move on. But appreciate uh, appreciate you coming on and mixing it up a bit here. Sure thing. Have a good night, guys. All right, call again. All right, that's right, 217-356-9398. Seven. I, I will say one thing optically. If you are a, are they, uh, is Ryan Walters a power five caliber head coaching candidate? Sure. I don't think that you can really question that. But optically, um, if you're an AD, do you hire away a defensive coordinator from a six and six or seven and five team? Well, it may not end up looking the best. So, I mean, de- I mean, it's going to be got to have a press release. Right? You, <laughs> you know, you have to have a press release. You you do have to deal with the optics, and um, I think that defensive statistics will only say so much. And people that, how can I phrase this? The general population around the United States does not respect Illinois football, and will not respect Illinois football. For a long time until we make them respect us, right? <laughs> so optically, it's going to not look so good. The the last uh, coordinator that was hired away to be a head coach wasn't it Mike Loxley? That sounds right. Yeah. And he went to was it New Mexico or New Mexico State? Yes, yeah. and that like was that. after a Rose Bowl. Yeah. But he, he's also had time in Alabama, and I mean he I mean and he was an offensive guy, right? But yeah, it, it, basically he went. I I think it's way more likely that Ryan Walters' first head coaching job will be in a group of five. You know, That's just what you, I think. You know what I really think. I think Josh and everybody should tune in to Sports Talk tomorrow because I'd love to know Bob Osmussen's opinion on That's this. That's a very good one. News Talk 1400-939 FM WDWS Champaign-Urbana is where you can hear that tomorrow at 4 o'clock. And Light Rock 97.5 WHMS is where we have this postgame show. Time to check the scoreboard with Joey Wright here and what else has gone on. There's not a whole lot in the world of college football, given that this was a Thursday night, which is often, by the way, when the Mac plays. Yeah, we'll get to co- yeah we'll get to college football in just a second. I've got an interesting segue when we get there. Let's start with Major League Baseball, though. Three games that our listeners may care about: Cardinals five, Padres four. Your final score there: Cubs three, Pirates two. So the Cubs and Cardinals both win. Unfortunately, the White Sox do not. They fall four to two. They needed to sweep the Guardians in this series, and they're not getting it done. Came into this yet. series yeah. going needing a sweep, but I think they got it mixed up in their heads yeah yeah it's, i think it's they, the other they, they, they needed they to actually sweeping to yeah, sweep. instead of being swept <laughs> yeah so they're easy to get them confused exactly they're they're in trouble there so uh, those are our th- <laughs> those are our three major league baseball scores but how about this i want to take you now to center park credit union stadium formerly turner field in atlanta it's where georgia state plays they hosted coastal carolina tonight you see what i did there 41 to 24 coastal carolina came out on top in that one and then the only other fbs game other than illinois and chattanooga tonight was west virginia and virginia tech renewing an old rivalry west virginia wins 33 to 10 pretty quiet scoreboard update we'll take a look at some scores or uh, rather games coming up in the big 10 on saturday 3-0 maryland at 3-0 michigan the wolverines at the big house are number four in the country right now one and two central michigan at 3-0 penn state Penn State 14th in the most recent rankings. 3-0 Minnesota at 2-1 Michigan State. 3-0 Indiana at 2-1 Cincinnati. 2-1 Iowa at 3-0 Rutgers. That's going to be a thrilling game. 2-1 Wisconsin at 3-0 Ohio State. The Buckeyes number three in the country right now. 1-2 Miami, Ohio at 1-2 Northwestern. And 2-2 Florida Atlantic. They've already played four games they'll play their fifth at one and two purdue very good they must have played a week zero game Mm -hmm. and no no off weeks either that's (laughs) i gotta double check that but yeah yeah, nebraska's the only one off this weekend besides (laughs) illinois in the big 10 all right thanks much joey by the way illinois soccer got a win over maryland on the road so that was a 3-2 victory good for them as they'll continue an east coast road trip we're back 
with our keys to the game. A couple more opportunities here. If you're still up with us, we really do appreciate it. And you can join the conversation after this. It's the Fasteners Etc. Postgame Show. You can weigh in on today's game by calling the First State Bank Illini Fan Line, 217-356-9397. Or texting the Castle Heating and Cooling Text Line, 217-351-5357. You know, offensively for sure, just the timing and the tempo and the execution, a lot of a lot of our run game has relief on the perimeters. You know, if they bring a pressure, if yep. they bring something by a certain look. And I thought we executed that today. You couldn't just, you know, jam up that box and stop the run. We, we, we showed that we can get the ball on the perimeter in the throw game and make it happen. I thought that play by Isaiah, you know, really is going to make defenses honor uh, his uh, his ability to, you know, take a routine three or four yard route and turn it into a home run hit. So uh, some good things there. I thought offensive line wise, we, you know, continue to make a good stride. I didn't like the pressure we gave up at the, at the start of the second half, but you know, there's there's good things to correct off this. We'll we'll come in tomorrow. Uh, we'll take advantage of the corrections on the special teams, offense, defense, and then we'll jump into our Wisconsin preparation. I kind of like the fact that we have nine days before that game just to kind of get a little bit of jump on our opponent. Thirty-one nothing, the final for Illinois over Chattanooga, taking care of business every day. Two one seven. Texter says this game was more about the defense. Offense put some sparkle on the stats, but this defense just planted their foot with this game. What a journey it's been for the defense since the Virginia game of last year. I slightly disagree in that I I, I think the offense showed much more of what the system and what they can be. Passing yards, 335. Rushing yards, 167. So, and and a diversity of receivers and tight ends involved and all that. I get it's an FCS school, but this has kind of been the path overall, and that's that's where I think that's the positive in this game as well. But yes, the defense is the story of this team this this year. That's no doubt. But the offense had to be better, and I think they are objectively better as an offense than they were last year. I don't know. Is it heads and sh- I, it's better? That's all I'm saying. It's, it's more it's, creative. it's more creative. It's more inventive. I, I also think that some of the pieces uh, just have another year of being together and, and and that sort of thing. I mean, you go through three coordinators in three years, things can get a, a, a little hairy. And honestly, I and, and I get it. Game script kind of changed things, but I I thought we might have seen a little more out of the offense. I thought Tommy DeVito got hit a little more than than he should have uh, against an FCS team. So it, it it still probably goes to the uh the defense, but yeah, the the offense had its signs. Keys to the game coming up. First, uh, Lindsay is up with us here in Champaign. Hey, Lindsay. Hey, guys. How you doing tonight? Good, sir. What do you think? Uh, well, I first I question other callers. Um, like, what better performance did you want? Um, second, why do you not understand who the recruit- recruiting players are that are in there within our offense and defense? And then when it, when when you try to make the call and, and then it all gets brought out to you, you just oh gee, I didn't know. I mean, it, I don't like Lovey any more than anybody else does, but the fact is he's brought this defense in, and the fact is Walters has brought them to a forefront. They're they're playing awesome. Um, nobody's University of Illinois defense. Everybody wants to see it. Like Mo Gardner back in the day with, you know, all the studs that have ever been here. Everybody wants to see the studs play, and they're doing that right now. Yes, it was a uh, D2 school, but when is the last time in the last five years that we got to sit back and watch an Illinois team go out and completely dominate the way they did tonight? It's been a while. We really haven't seen that. So regardless of who recruited whatever players to the team, the fact is Walters put them on there. Mm-hmm. And and they're playing well. Now, the fact is, the other fact on that is, is we don't want Walters to go anywhere, and we don't want Lunny to go anywhere. 
our coordinators right now are locked in. Um, we had the tough loss to Indiana, but you, you take away one series from that, and you know we're four and zero with a defense that hasn't given up more than two touchdowns in a game. I, I just, I'm, I'm so excited for this team, and I'm looking forward to the rest of the season because I don't remember the last time that we can say we have a defense that can stop people, let alone an offense that can open up and do the things that we need. It was nice today, granted, against it was a lower level opponent that our offense scored in the second half because that hasn't happened in the last few weeks either. So, you know, teams go in and make adjustments against us in the second half, and then our offense stops, stalls out. That didn't happen tonight. Grant's a lower-level team, but it's it's a lot to be excited about, guys. That's, that's all I'm saying. It's, it's similar to our basketball team. We're going we're gonna to have some ups-downs early on the season, finding everything out. we got a new offensive coordinator, defense coordinator's second year. He's still making changes, and, and it, it's a good time to be mm-hmm. a line fan. And all I'm telling everybody is be patient and enjoy what you're about to watch. Appreciate it, Lindsay. couple of things. Uh, first of all, coordinators do not stick around a long time. They just don't, unless you're the son of the head coach. Um, they either they either get they, they either get let go. Or they move on to to bigger and better things. That's just how the game is. There's a few. I'm sure there's exceptions. Somebody's going to point out one or two. I'm just saying, generally speaking, coordinators. This is what happens to coordinators. That's just what happens. So just Ryan Walters one day is not going to be here, and neither is Barry Lunny Jr. Because that's just how it goes. Just to settle this, here are the defensive players that are playing what I'm going to say significant (laughs) snaps that were not brought in by Lovey Smith. Alec Bryant, transfer. Gabe Ackes, freshman. freshman. Calvin Hart, transfer. Can't count Isaac D'Arcangelo. He came in uh, in, in, in 2020. And um, I would say, and uh, in the secondary, Matthew Bailey. Do you want to count? So two second stringers? T- Tyson Rooks. I mean, that's four three, guys. Three second stringers, and there, that's four guys, and there's like one, two, two-ish starters. So, can we just put this to bed? These are Lovey's players that he brought here on defense. And I think the caller's 100 percent spot on. They're Lovey's players, and Ryan Walters and the rest of the staff has taken it to a whole new level of execution. I mean, you took a last year they took a Lovey Smith era player that ended up being a wide receiver and made him a third round draft pick and made him millions of dollars changed his family tree forever in Kirby Joseph I mean my brain goes back to Bill Parcells where uh, he has a quote along the lines of if you're gonna let me cook a meal you need to let me get some of the groceries if you're gonna let me coach a team I have to be able to pick some of the players well we are making Coach Walters and Coach Bielma. They're making a meal with groceries that someone else picked out with a Hello Fresh kit. <laughs> hey, no free ads. Um, but <laughs> look at this u- guy. Ultimately, uh, it comes down to the the fact that you know what? Are you, are you gonna just like? Are you gonna make a point to you know push out recruits that aren't, aren't yours, even if you can win with them? Like Lovey did when he got here. Yes, um, but should we apologize for winning games? No, with players that weren't. No, and, and that that's kind of what like, the the BTN guys were were kind of getting at is just what this coaching staff is. They've taken the roster that they were given and they've added those transfers on both the offense and the defense, and those changed things. But they they've taken what they were given and they've 
turned it into five and seven and six and six or seven and five, whatever this year ends up being. And even Brad Underwood didn't do that, right? He came in, he put in his defensive and offensive system, and Illinois had the most losses in program history. He's like, all right, well, we'll change and we'll take what you give me and we'll find a way to win. And that's exactly what he did. Whereas Brett Bielma and Ryan Walters have kind of just hit the ground running with, with that sort of thing. And uh, I don't know. Football, football is just different, guys. Keys to the game time here on the Fasteners Etc. postgame show. They're brought to you by Game Day Spirit with the best selection of U of I apparel, Rudy Wealth Management, a family-owned management firm that strives to help their clients achieve their retirement goals, and Hickory Point Bank. Roots right here in Champaign-Urbana, Hickory Point Bank invested. I'll go first. I said before the game, my key was score early and often so that Chattanooga doesn't smell belief or confidence that they can hang around in this game. Illinois, in fact, did that. They were up 10-0 after the first quarter, and they were up 24-0 midway through the second quarter. I would have liked better performance offensively in the second half, but nonetheless, the game was well in hand for Illinois early on. I'm going to go back to my key of the game prior to the game, was keeping it clean, keeping it simple. Like, don't turn over the ball, don't get penalties, uh, and finished drives. Now, they didn't do that perfectly, but generally speaking, we only had two penalties, and our only turnover was a fluke defensive play <laughs> when Keith Randolph intercepted the ball. Is that what the stats said? Yes. Official ruling is an interception. Intercepted the ball, and then the... Uh, it really was a fumble recovery. <laughs> and then fine. The, uh, the Chattanooga uh, quarterback peanut punched the ball out. So just a freak <laughs> play. But you you took care of business, ultimately. Kept it simple. Yeah, I, I thought the pacing on the offense really set the tone. They, they We saw it wasn't really a hurry, but they were, they were keeping tempo. I, I think the mocks were kind of on their heels, and then when they got the ball on offense, they obviously couldn't do anything. So Illinois being able to extend drives and just have anything going on offense allowed the defense to, to do what they could do, and Illinois shuts out Chattanooga. Keys to the game brought to you by Hickory Point Bank Game Day Spirit and Rudy Wealth Management. Back in a moment, Fasteners, etc. Post game show. You know, I think uh, first and foremost, we got to come in tomorrow. We have to give them one more day uh, by NCAA rules, so their day off will be Saturday. Uh, but we'll come in tomorrow. They'll get a recovery lift with uh, Tank and his crew. Then we'll get a little bit of uh, corrections on the uh, special teams, and we'll jump into offense, defense. And we've already put a little bit of uh, uh, time in on Wisconsin uh, during the uh, spring and during the summer. So we'll we'll jump in, click their mind into Wisconsin, and then obviously uh, Wisco plays Ohio State Saturday night, and we'll continue to move forward from there, sorry, I got sneeze. <laughs> That's a sign that the, the the young producer is learning. Joey Wright cut that highlight, right? <laughs> and knew to keep the sneeze in. Because that's, that's great. The changing of the seasons, the allergies, they get to you. It's this country fresh air we have here <laughs> in East Central Illinois. We've all been there. Yep. Yeah, you you know. You, you grew up here. And I know, too. When they start cutting the corn, I'm, I'm a goner. Yeah, yeah. It'll be 64 degrees tomorrow, by the way. Oh, that's nice. Spring into summer this year hit me like a freight train. I was I was out of commission, so <laughs> we'll, hopefully the, the transition to fall is a little it, nicer. It hit pretty hard, though. It, it went right into summer. There yeah. was, like, no hesitating. So maybe we can ease into this fall for you. Brett Bielma's Illini go 31-0, 3-1 in the score, and that's their record, 3-1. and one. And the thing they play at halftime is the three in one so this is really uh aligned here tonight you know, I don't know what it means we really haven't talked about okay. it, it just kind of comes that way it's like kofi with basketball the last few years chase brown had another 100 yard oh, game he was good he was good just wasn't he casually another 100 yard game i was texting with somebody during the game and, and i think that's just kind of how it is as we were talking too between the break he's we, we've seen him do this for two to three years now. So getting 100 yards isn't that big of a deal. And just like the the whole football team, Chase Brown goes out and he does this against a Wisconsin and then does it again against an Iowa. Then you're going to start getting the, the national people's attention because those are two legit defenses that the Illini are about to face the next couple of weeks. And if Chase Brown and this offense can, can keep it up, then you can actually start to believe in these Illini. 
the Illini have passed the tests for the most part that have been put in front of them, but it's 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 going to be another level, mm-hmm. and it, it starts in nine days. Uh, our friend Bruce in Houston is not in Houston. He says, hey, guys, great to see you at the Virginia game. Just up and listening now from Switzerland. Oh. All right, my friend. Have some chocolate. Uh, question from him. Here we go, Michael. How many 11-yard and 25-yard punts before we try something different? Not sure if you talked about this already. We didn't. Um, we have established many times on this show and others that obviously you're not going to match what you've had in some elite players in the special teams the last couple of years, the last several years, in fact. So it's not that, but it has to be better, right? Yeah, you you have to get better, ultimately, and you have to find a means to get better. And ultimately, right now, at this moment, we have two, uh, we have two recruits, um, that are slated to come in in 2023. They're going to be good. That they're supposed to be good, and they're they're scholarship specialists out of high school. A kicker out of uh, Naperville North High School. There we go. <laughs> and then go a, Huskies. A punter um, at out of El Paso. Does that happen a lot? No. Illinois. So I didn't think so. In in my. In my experience, in my opinion, you do not scholarship a kid out of high school at a specialist position unless he, you want him to be the guy. So pretty telling what's going on. So until then, we have a situation where we have Caleb and we have Hugh and we have our snappers. Lane, I mean, there was a change. Long snapper today. Uh, wasn't really talked about, but... Uh, well, you mentioned it. Lane Hansen, uh, Jake Hansen's younger brother, he's now in on short snaps. Mm-hmm. They changed the the part of the operation. And the one field goal we had was a smooth operation, and it was a good, it was a good ball. So uh, take that for what it's worth. And Aiden Hall is obviously still on punt. So um, there were cha- – there, MVP, most valuable punter. <laughs> there are – they know that they are not performing as well as they're supposed to. And all they can do is continue to try. Um when with a situation like Hugh Robertson or Caleb Griffin from the past few weeks, you you still do you do you replace them? Do you have anybody to replace them with right now? In my opinion, you you don't have someone to replace them with right now. Um, so Caleb's going to continue to be the guy, and he is going to continue to get better as he settles in. I think that Hugh ultimately struggles with pressure from a punt team. Um, and there are means by which they can mitigate that, um, but they need to put him in the position where they're going to not rush uh, the uh, the punter. And I think that that weird rollout punt was to put that on tape to keep opposing uh, punt team or punt return teams honest. But ultimately, they everyone has to get better. Um, and Hugh, based on today, he needs to get better. And he's he's going to be a harsh critic to himself, and he's going to be held accountable uh, by those guys in that room. Um, but I mean, there are moves being made as a coaching staff to try to improve that situation. Declan Dooley, by the way, out of El Paso, Cole's kicking camps has him ranked number twelve in the country. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is one of the elite punters when you look at the high school level around. So good cool. times are ahead. Well, and and those guys usually get redshirted too, right? It, and they, it depends. Caleb Griffin. Well, it, and they they have the luxury of Hugh Robertson's going to be here for a couple more years. I think Griffin's got at least one more year. So if they want to put the pressure on those eighteen-year-olds coming in here, you know, go for it. But at least they've got guys in place. Well, uh, Bielma's a, a Coles kicking guy. He was a so when I went to camp in Wisconsin uh, in twenty eleven, it was run by Coles kicking. Um, so every coaching staff tends to have their uh, their service that they trust the most just because they have favorable outcomes from that. So, I mean, they're both from the state of Illinois, so if you want to go the trifecta, look at the top Illinois guy as a, as a long snapper, and we'll see if he ends up getting recruited. <laughs> I think Naperville is a service you can trust. One more look at the scoreboard, Joey Wright. 
Yeah, uh, much like we talked about earlier, a couple of baseball games, light night for college football in baseball, Cardinals and Padres played. 5-4, your final score there. St. Louis gets the win. Cubs win 2-3-2 over the Pirates. And then the Guardians beat the White Sox. White Sox needed that one 4-2, your final there. Other than Illinois and Chattanooga, which of course we know is a 31-0 win for the Illini, two college football games tonight, West Virginia and Virginia Tech. West Virginia wins 33-10. Coastal Carolina, great program there. They beat Georgia State 41-24. Home of the Chanticleers. That's right. College baseball power. And we go there every year. Absolutely. Illinois baseball does. Good, good people there. For sure. And they're doing good things, winning against Georgia State tonight. Big 10 on Saturday, 3-0, or uh, rather, <laughs> I read that it's a score, that's a record. 3-0 Maryland at 3-0 Michigan, Michigan number four in the country. 1-2 Central Michigan at 3-0 Penn State. 3-0 Minnesota is at 2-1 Michigan State. That'll be a good game. Golden Gophers off to a great start. 3-0 Indiana at 2-1 Cincinnati. 2-1 Iowa and 3-0 Rutgers. 2-1 Wisconsin pays a visit to undefeated and third-ranked Ohio State. Miami, Ohio is at 1-2 Northwestern. And the Florida Atlantic Owls have already played four games. They're 2-2. Two two. They'll play 1-2. Purdue Boilermakers entered this season with high hopes. Maybe a good opportunity to get back on track against FAU this week. All right. Very good, Joey. Appreciate it. Last call. Last chance when we come back on the Fasteners Etc. post-game show. Wow. Brown to his right, back to pass, throws to the right, quick hitter to the right. Isaiah Williams turns Go. up field, 45, Go. 40, down the right sideline. He might score. He will. Touchdown. Touchdown, Illinois. Man, is he fast. Turn the corner at midfield. Rambles 63 yards, a streak up the right sideline. Touchdown, Illinois. All right, next one of these will be on October 1st when Illinois is at Camp Randall. Man, I swear if Illinois wins that and I have to miss out on it, it'll be for a good reason. But y'all have to tell everybody I told you so for me, okay? Drink up. Oh, it's going to be a great time. I, I have No, no I meant problems. that, you know, drink up the Kool-Aid if they, the orange Kool-Aid that was referenced earlier. But mm-hmm. you're... T- well, yeah. Is, is that, drink, is is that, that what you thought out. I was talking about? <laughs> yeah, you yeah, of that, course. You, you, were talk- <laughs> you thought I was talking about going to the wedding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The champagne, the Kool-Aid, the beer, the water. I mean, we, we drink it at all. Yeah, Wisconsin won't be ranked, but uh, unless they beat Ohio State. <laughs> but that, that is true. But they won't be ranked. But it would, be, it would be a significant win. A very significant win. Would that be... I, I dare... Are you going to say program defining of the of the Bielma era? Would that be the most important win? No, I still don't think so it, you got to do it. You got to do it at your home to beat Wisconsin there. Yeah, I mean you went into Happy Valley. I and think beat a top ten team last year. I don't necessarily think that it's a program-defining win, but it does get a monkey off his back, mm-hmm. and it's it's so he's. I think that if you listen to his post-game comments on the radio, he's very specific. He was very particular about he, how he referred to next week's opponent as next week's opponent, not the Badgers, not Wisconsin. It was next week's opponent. Um, I think that he's going to try his best to uh, ignore the narrative, but I know that in the back of, I mean, as a fan base, we're everyone's thinking he's got to beat Wisconsin at some point. Just to, because it's it's his old team, and last year Illinois got shut out by Wisconsin. <laughs> and one thing that Bielma has stated multiple times throughout the season is that we have, I think, seven total rematches. Rematch games. Yep. And one of those rematch games is Wisconsin, and it's it's important to him. Uh, just even as a rematch, mm-hmm. let alone being Wisconsin. But until that monkey is off the back. It is something that I think that we are all going to think about until it's not a problem anymore. I've given this a lot more thought since this segment started three minutes ago. 
And I do believe it would be the most important win, unless Illinois then loses a lot of games after it. That's fair. But but I feel that the Penn State win last year was huge, and it was a look at what we could do and could be, but a win against Wisconsin on the road, even though they're not ranked, would be a look at what we are doing. And, and, and yeah, I just think it would be... It, it, it would also position you into a last year the Penn State win was a, oh wow look whoa hey big win and hey bowl's not out of the question to <laughs> this is a bowl team this is a team that is now on track to win more than they're going to lose and and, and would say look at what we can do in a couple of years with players and now we have to go get more of them <laughs> yeah yeah I, I think- so there's my there is my very uh, thought-out calculus. Yeah, the the context of it matters, mm-hmm. right? If, if Illinois is going into Penn State last year with a better record, then that that's the the defining one. And if Wisconsin becomes that ju- jumping off point yeah. to to where Illinois is here, and, and and then and then I would say if they beat Wisconsin, then I say the Iowa game is the most important because because last year you that beat Penn be State one. and then you laid an egg against Rutgers. Yeah, yeah, and, and again, I think that one more because it's at home. I I just saw on the calendar today that they've labeled it like hail to the orange out night. Oh, it's an orange out day, yeah. So the the fans are are supposed to be juiced into it right before homecoming and and all that good stuff. So one at a time, start with Wisconsin. All right. Any other final thoughts? Is Illinois blanks? Chattanooga, 31-0. I think that we had a favorable non-conference schedule. Big Ten... Uh, competition is ultimately going to be the test um, and are we there yet we'll see but I can't really complain about uh, tonight's outcome I'm excited for uh, the rest of the Big Ten slate yeah Illinois is already 1-0 and we still got a whole weekend of college and pro football to go so uh, I'm set great game buckle up buttercup buckle up thank you to Joey Wright for Evan Kahn, Michael Martin, I'm Scott Beatty. Our chief engineer is Ed Bond. Our general manager is Grant Thompson. This is a day of broadcasting sports-wise. It began many hours ago and has spilled over into Friday morning. And you know what? It's worth it to be with you. We appreciate it. Sports Talk tomorrow at 4 o'clock on our AM and translator side on News Talk 1493.9 FM and Light Rock 97.5 as well. Thanks so much for being with us, everybody. We appreciate it. Have a great night. The preceding program was an exclusive presentation of News Talk 1493.9 FM WDWS and Light Rock 97.5 FM WHMS Champaign-Urbana, Champaign Multimedia Group Stations. Yeah, thank you. I got to go. Bye.